This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. How joyful vulnerability can be. Somehow, sitting in those huts of our national childhood, we can access a joy that no wallpapered, carpeted, triple-pane glass windowed living room can ever give us inside. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. At least one day every year, I'm just overtaken by an urge to drive by the house that I grew up in. And not just the one that I lived in from, you know, time I was eight till I was 17 when I left home, but the one I came home to as a newborn, the one where my memories are the earliest. And somehow, turning down that street in a car that I'm driving, pulling up in front of a house whose driveway I played hopscotch on, it just fills me with this unspeakable melancholy. It's only there, in front of both houses, that I can truly transport myself back to my childhood feelings and thoughts. Just last month, I drove my millennial son there as a short, okay, 20 minutes out of our way, detour. Somehow, I don't know why, I thought he'd be moved by it as well. See, this is where mommy grew up till she was eight. But this time, I got out of the car and I walked to the side door. That was the door we always entered when we came home for lunch. And I could remember my mother opening the door to greet me. I remembered, I could almost smell the lunch and the feel of her embrace. I remembered more than I ever remembered in the years of therapy as I tried to peel back the years to find the source of this neuroses or that one. But I could never manage to access those feelings while lying on a therapist's couch. I tell you all of this. Because the holiday of Sukkot is almost upon us, where we are commanded to build temporary structures outside our homes. It comes from that biblical enjoyment where the Torah says, and I quote, live in Sukkot for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in Sukkot so that your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in Sukkot when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, according to the late great Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Eliezer held that the sukkah represents the clouds of glory that surrounded the Israelites during the wilderness years, protecting them from heat during the day and cold during the night, and bathing them with the radiance of the divine presence. Rabbi Sachs goes on to say that Sukkot, according to Rashbam, who is the grandson of the great commentator Rashi, That exists to remind us of our humble origins so that we never fall into the complacency of taking freedom, the land of Israel, and the blessings it yields for granted, thinking that it happened in the normal course of history. We return to what are literally our nationwide childhood homes, the place that our souls and our bodies dwelled as a nascent nation, moving from slavery into freedom. And as we step into those huts, we travel back in time emotionally and can be moved 
beyond comprehension. A sukkah is an extraordinary mitzvah because it's one in which your entire self is immersed. Like the cleansing waters of a mikvah, the ritual bath, it surrounds you completely. For all the holiday of Sukkot, we're supposed to eat in it. Many people sleep in it, and it becomes a real-time experience of our humble beginnings in the desert under the protection of the Almighty. So there's no mezuzah affixed to a sukkah, because a sukkah is a temporary structure. But it is, in effect, our home for that week, and we decorate it lavishly, but only on the inside. While the roof is open to the stars and the elements, and the walls are flimsy and prone to blowing over, we still bring out our finest china and silver and the most delicious and lavish of delicacies. And there's so much singing and so much joy and many guests and many friends. In fact, Sukkot is actually called the time of our joy. So, as I stood in front of my old childhood home, I understood, perhaps, for the very first time, the power of reliving history as a way of informing the way we move through the present. According to Jewish law, a sukkah has to have an open roof. We call it dishkach. And I can assure you that, especially in Toronto, where I live in Canada, that roof is raised every year in more ways than with our partying. The wind, the rain, the leaves, and occasionally a great big fat raccoon or two fall through the roof and they cause havoc. And then there's the bees or the wasps that are drawn to the challah and honey left over from what we served and we continue to serve after Rosh Hashanah. But somehow, Sitting in those huts of our national childhood, we can access a joy that no wallpapered, carpeted, triple-pane glass windowed living room can ever give us inside. During Sukkot, you see children from stable, loving homes with stable, loving parents experience how joyful vulnerability can be. I want to tell you a story. Some years ago, a dear friend's son was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor when he was just 12 years old. This boy was extraordinary, and he fought long and hard. He endured surgery and sickness, and he was unfailingly positive and generous throughout that year that he was so ill. And I remember one day, Sitting by his bedside just a few months before he died, I said to him, Evan, are you ever afraid? He looked up at me in a somewhat bewildered way, and then he said this, No, Adrian, I trust my parents with my body. I was struck then, as I am every time I think about it how children trust their parents to take care of things so that they don't have to worry. As the children of Israel moved through the desert, we had a similar clarity about our relationship with the Almighty. Whether the clouds of glory or the manna that fell from heaven to nourish us, whether the sea was splitting or we witnessed the plagues, we trusted our bodies and our souls to our parent in heaven. And so, we could go on without fear. And while the Israelites often complained and 
act it out like children do. We had clarity that our parent in heaven was watching over us. This year, as we enter our sukkahs and gaze up at the heavens so clearly visible through that temporary roof, can we learn to embrace the joyful vulnerability that children experience by remembering that we too are being watched over by God and that sometimes it really helps to return to our humble beginnings to loosen the memories that stay stubbornly stuck unless we relive them in a tangible way. Take a drive past your old childhood home or your primary school. Get out of that car and remember who you once were and who you wish to be. And if you want to go way, way back, to the childhood of your Jewish soul, then just step into the sukkah. Our ancestors are all waiting to party with you. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.